about prayer again tonight. So let's have somebody. Uh, Lisa, would you stand up and pray for our message tonight? Hallelujah. You know, that's what we prayed for earlier was that very thing. We prayed that it would answer the questions of people's hearts uh, tonight. And, you know, that doesn't mean it has to be something I say. It can be something the Holy Ghost just says to you, you know, maybe, you know, while I'm speaking. So let's turn to James 5, chapter 13, which is where we started last week. And our topic tonight is how can I get results in prayer? How can I get results in prayer? Man, I, I don't know about you, but I want to get results in prayer every time, all the time. And if I ever don't, I want to know why. Why did? And I believe we can know why we didn't get results in prayer. Uh, it, you know, mostly we can know. So 13 of chapter 5. Is any among you afflicted, going through a test or a trial? Let him pray. Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave forth her rain, gave forth her fruit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One thing just really stands out in this scripture to me is twice it says, is any among you? Is any among you afflicted? Is any among you uh, sick? And so we know this is talking to the saints. This is talking to those that are born again. This is talking to the church. This is not talking to the lost or the sinner. And so, and and so, you know, we'll point out more about that out later. But just wanted you to see that when we start. Uh, we're going to talk about getting results tonight. And so. Uh, <coughs> I would say that probably most Christians believe that there's really no rules to prayer. Just do it, no rules to prayer, just something we ought to do. And the the if we ask the question, is there no rules to prayer, that answer to that would be false. There are rules for praying. And so that right there could explain how we can get results and sometimes why we don't get results. Uh, another thing I think that's out there that's commonly thought is that prayer is just talking to God, which is kind of true but kind of false too. <laughs> it's true in the sense of, yes, we can just talk to God. He's a friend. We can talk to Him. He's our brother. We can talk to Jesus. Just talk to Him. Just be. Just visit with Him. We can do that. But that is not all there is to prayer and it's not the main thing about prayer it's just a small part of the picture of prayer is that we can just talk to god um then i think another thing that's out there is just talk to him like he was a person i've read all these these things in books before i have a huge section of my library because I hardly keep, I always keep all the books on prayer and all the books on healing. The others I read and usually I pass them on or whatever. Uh, 
unless it's just something truly special. But um, I keep them on prayer, and I've read lots of books where it said things like this, that uh, just talk to him like he was a person. I have a problem with that statement in is, it's not like he was a person. He is a person. He's not a human being, but he is a person. He it's a, He's a God in three persons, Holy Spirit, Jesus, and God the Father. And so, uh, you know, he's not some alien, and you can talk to this alien like he's a person. No, he is a person. And then uh, just talking to him like he's a person, I believe, is also not really, you know... Um, if you mean we don't have to speak Elizabethan language and say these and thou's when we pray and things like that, then certainly that is a correct statement. But if you're talking about the whole concept of prayer and how we talk to God, you know, first of all, we shouldn't talk to God like we talk to another person. We should show uh, we should show honor when we talk to God. It doesn't have to be in these and thou's, but there should be an honor about how we talk to God, how we address God. Uh, I think people that curse God think they can just talk to God like he was a person <laughs> So, uh, you know, that's certainly not how we need to be talking to God. And uh, uh, we need to go in the right way and, and so forth. Another thing that's kind of out there that I've heard is prayer is just pouring out your heart to God. And that, too, is true, but it's a very small picture. We can just pour out our heart to God when we're overwhelmed, when we've got a burden, when we are, you know, we are just hurt or we're we're whatever we can pour out our heart to god but after we do we need to get up blow our nose and and get on with real prayer i mean with prayer that does business prayer that causes things to move and certainly god will comfort us when we pour out his heart to us but that may not get us all of what we need because that's a small picture of what prayer is isn't it would you agree hallelujah so the the prayer rules are what determine the victory that we get in prayer. Prayer rules is what determines the victory. So how can I get results in prayer? One of the main things is, well, we need to find out what the prayer rules are. And uh, a lot of people just don't like the word rules. They're kind of, you know, they're like Outback, no rules. <laughs> or isn't that where the no rules sign is? Uh, they're like that. They don't want rules. I think a lot of our society is that way today. No rules. But the truth is there's rules. There's uh it's just it's it's not unlike uh Jesus God, he invented the 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 rules of algebra. The rules there's there's rules of the universe. There's how things work. There's formulas. All of that stuff that didn't just come into being and somebody didn't just invent that. God laid all that those guidelines, those uh, what are they called? principles he put those principles into all the mathematics and the science and the the things like that that we study and and that we know that are uh <laughs> their foundations their foundations you have to understand those before you can understand other things you've got to study algebra before you can go to you know the next level of trigonometry and all that stuff that hey i don't even want to think about that but anyway uh <clears throat> it's there's things that God laid down in his word that also cause the universe to work, that cause the earth to work, that cause families to work, that cause 
uh, prayer to work that causes healing to work. It's not just one jumbled up mess. And thank heavens it's not like that because I don't want to live in a place where sometimes you hit it and sometimes you don't. You never know why you hit it and when you did it and when you didn't and all of that kind of stuff. But that's how most Christians live is they don't know what's going to move God and they're frustrated. They're frustrated. They uh they probably that might contribute to a lot of prayerlessness actually that we have in the earth that because they don't know when god's going to answer why he's going to answer if he will answer but all of those things are laid out in the word of god and they're not even hard they're simple but you know basic bottom line is folks we have to read our bible and that i there's a lot of people that don't i've got to admit i was a 28 year old christian going to a denominational church, and I did not read it. Honest, I did not read it. I carried it to Sunday school with me on Sunday morning. We had a little envelope, and you could check, brought your Bible, brought an offering, daily Bible reading. I never got to check that one because I didn't do the daily Bible reading. Uh, studied your quarterly. The quarterly is, you know, your Sunday school book of what they're going to teach that week. And, you know... Sometimes I might have got to check that, but and then you got just because you're present, you you know you got something checked. But this is this is it right here. This is the Word of God. This is the book. If you can't read, if you don't ever read anything else in the world, this is it. This is your life. This is what makes everything function. This is this is understanding. Hallelujah! So no wonder, no wonder if they were like me. They're just wandering. I was going to always read it during the tribulation. That was proof I hadn't read it. Hallelujah. <laughs> and nobody in the church. I mean, I don't know how we knew about the tribulation because it wasn't like anybody talked about it. Oh, but that, I do know how. Late Great Planet Earth was the, just kind of the hot book right then back in the back in the 70s, wasn't it? Hallelujah. Maybe early 80s. I don't really remember. But... Uh, <clears throat> So uh, we need to know uh, the rules that determine the victory. Ephesians six eighteen. Let's. I'm going to read the Amplified. Might make it just a little tad clearer. So if you don't know these rules and you don't know these things, hopefully you'll know a little more tonight. But you need to get you a new, a good study book. You know, um, on the different kinds of prayer. Actually, you don't even have to go buy a book. You can go on line and find and just type in different kinds of prayer and you can just get all sorts of lists and you know there's no some people say well there's seven kinds some people i've seen nine kinds well and actually uh, i've never seen one where i said well i disagree with that that's not really a kind of prayer you know we didn't used to know there was any such thing as soaking prayer i think some people call soaking prayer contemplative prayer i've heard that before and I'm I think it's the same if I it's not forgive me but I think that's the same but anyway there's different numbers of prayer don't worry about that just learn about prayer Ephesians 6 um, 18 pray at all times on every occasion in every season in the spirit with all manner of prayer and entreaty to that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding in behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. So pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. That gives you a lot of things that you can just 
go to those words and just look at every word and, you know, just say, okay, I'm to pray on every occasion. I'm to pray on it every season, every season of my life, every season of fall, winter, spring, and summer, whatever you want to interpret season. But certainly there's not a time when we don't pray. And, and just those things, just going through those words and finding out uh, uh, what they mean. In the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, finding out what that means. I believe that means Spirit-led prayer. I don't think it mean, it, could, it could mean just praying in tongues, but I think it's more than that. It's praying in tongues, but being led of the Spirit in prayer instead of just praying every which way and every what way. I think you that a lot of people waste a lot of time praying for things that God never assigned them to pray. They also pray things they have no jurisdiction over in prayer. They pray things that they end up under a prayer burden. I know Benny Johnson wrote a book called The Happy Intercessor, and she talks about not taking on uh, things because you're you're not supposed to be under a burden and crying and weeping for the nations all the time and coming to church sad and dragging in because you got a burden for somebody. Well, that's not you're supposed to be a happy intercessor. And if you really know how to pray, then you believe your prayers are getting answered. You're so you're happy. You're not sad. You're not under this burden. Hallelujah. And and not that burdens don't come on us, but we know how to deal with the burden. If we are, if we know the, uh, yeah, burdens of prayer come on us. Sometimes they surprise us. Sometimes they come on us uh, when we don't expect them. Uh, I think I really think about Matthew. He just kept having that burden of prayer. What was that a year ago or more? And he in church, and he just kept having that burden of prayer. And you know, I I look back on that now, and I really think that some of the things that have happened uh, for us and in our behalf in this church, and even things that that have uh, went around us and everything. I, I really believe that God used a little child to, 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 to pray that burden and, and uh, hallelujah. So, you know, it does not always expected and not always. <laughs> uh, I know one time we had, we were having Bible study at our home before, right after we were filled with the spirit before we were pastoring. And uh, Michael's grandparents said they were going to, come see us one Thursday night and we're like okay we're having Bible study you know but they came the ones the ones from Wolforth Granny and Bill we called them and uh, so uh, they came and so we have our little Bible study and everything and then all of a sudden in the middle of Bible study and it was kind of we flowed you know and different people that all of a sudden we started praying and I got this travail and I have never had it since. And I could not quit. And I was just travailing. And and it's like you were thinking, oh, I need to quit because here's Granny and Bill. But I knew I was travailing for two of her sons. I knew it was for Tommy and Al, not his daddy, but the uncles, the, what we would say is our uncles. But for Tommy and Al, I knew I was travailing for them. And uh, hallelujah. <laughs> Hopefully, because of that, we'll see both of them in heaven. Alton's already passed, and Tommy's old. <laughs> he's not as old as his dad, but he's old. But anyway, those burdens do come, don't they? 
Um, so Ephesians tells us these things. So all manner of prayer. The Good Speed translation says, "With every, use every kind of prayer. Go ahead and use every kind of prayer." And I noticed in praying that it's, you, you in one morning you might use several kinds of prayer. You don't just pray one kind of prayer when you get down in the morning to pray and to believe God. You know, you may have all sorts of kinds, different kinds of prayer come forth in the same session of prayer. But we don't pray the same kind of prayer for every situation. So that's what determines the victory. So knowing the different kinds of prayer is important. Knowing the rules for prayer. prayer, uh, Knowing the rules for the prayer you are praying determines the victory. Let's go over to 1 John chapter 5 and find out something else that's very important in prayer especially in concerning one kind of prayer that we're going to talk about tonight, which is praying the prayer of faith. We're not going to talk about every kind of prayer tonight. We don't won't have time to do that. It would take several nights to do that. But 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. I don't know about you, but I really like that scripture. It brings a lot of, it's confidence. This is the confidence. It brings you confidence to know that as long as I pray according to his will, he hears me. As long as I know I'm praying according to his will, then I know that I have the petitions that it's not a, it's not, it's not if it, I have it, if I prayed according to his will. And so that is a very strong scripture to really help us. You know, there are some things that are real clear to us regarding God's will. Every, Anything in redemption is clear to us. We know that it's God's will for all men to be saved, right? But, you know, knowing that's his will and knowing how to pray for a man to be saved is two different things. A lot of times people don't know how to pray for uh, the lost, and they just pray, oh, God, save so-and-so. Well, that's not, that's not the rules for prayer. Hallelujah. You know, uh, we know that the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit woos people. And so we can ask Father to, to cause Holy Spirit to woo this person. We can pray. The Bible says that, that it is Satan that has blinded the eyes of those that don't believe. So we can bind the mind blinder. Bind the devil from blinding their eyes. We can pray that the eyes of their understanding concerning their own salvation be enlightened. We can pray in John where it says that Jesus told them to, to pray that God would thrust out labors into the harvest. And we can pray that a, a, a specific labor that God knows who it is would cross the path of, of so-and-so. And so we can pray according to what the Word says, but we're not going to get far if we just say, God bless so-and-so, God save so-and-so. We sure won't get far if we say, God make so-and-so get saved. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, and there's there's other things that in the Word that God may lead you where it comes to praying for salvation. But uh, you can look the rest of those scriptures up. You can find where they are, those ones I've mentioned. And you can begin to pray correctly for those that are lost in your family. And uh, hallelujah.
You can pray for opportunities. The Bible says that a door of opportunity, Paul said, a door of opportunity was opened unto me. You can pray for a door of opportunity, especially for some people. I think sometimes we don't pray for the door of opportunity where it comes to our family. We just take a door and we just smash down a door of opportunity. You know, hallelujah. But there's nothing like somebody being sick for them to get open. I know my grandmother called me and said, can I come pray for you? And I was pretty desperate because I'd been three days with having to go get a shot every five hours for some sort of crazy allergic reaction. And the doctor was putting a shot of Benadryl in my vein every five or, or, or artery. I don't know right there every five hours or so. And no, no, no clue. Never had it before. No clue. What am I uh, reacting to? What is this thing? And after about three days of that, Granny Hicksy said, can I come over and pray for you? And I said, yes, that was in October. And she came pray instant never had it again never had it since hallelujah and that was in october by january 1st we were baptized in the holy ghost hallelujah amen hallelujah that's a door of opportunity amen thank you jesus <clears throat> so pam got a door of opportunity in pam and joey into marcus's life uh, so we find out from the Word of God what His will is and what the rules are. And we don't bend the Word. A lot, we don't bend the Word to make the Word say what we want. There's some things that are clear, like redemption, which, which is salvation, healing. Uh, it's clear that God wants us to prosper. He wants us to be in health. There's things in the Word we know God wants us to have a home or house. He doesn't want anybody homeless. That, and that's in Proverbs. I don't have the scripture right off the top of my head, but there's a there's a scripture in Proverbs that says He even gives the birds a house. You know, He gives the birds a home. And so if He's going to give the bird a home, He's going to give a human being a home. He says He cares more for you than He does the sparrow. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, so there's a lot of things that are already in the Word, already set. God's will we already know. Then there's things we don't know. Sometimes that's the specific things. Like, well, where do you want me to live? My grandfather always said, God don't care what town you live in. That's not true. Hallelujah. He does care. He has a will. He has a plan. We know that's true from Acts because it says he sets the boundaries of our habitation. He knows where he wants us to live. He knows where he wants us to be. Hallelujah. And so we, it's our job to find out the will of God in those areas. Find out the word and then don't bend it to make it fit what you want it to say. Don't bend it to, to say, uh, well, I just, I just believe that you know, you pick out some random scripture and you say, I just believe that saying that, you know, God wants me to get a divorce and marry Brother Copeland. Actually, that that has happened more than one time, that very exact thing. There's been all sorts of people that was prophesied Gloria dead so they could marry Brother Copeland. Well, I got news for you. If you got him, you wouldn't want him. And I'm not saying that bad about Brother Copeland. I'm just saying he is not anointed when he gets his pajamas on at night. A lot of women are so silly. They think, you know, that they're not human. He is human. Hallelujah. And I'm sure he's a great man, but <laughs> hallelujah. Oh, how foolish, how foolish sometimes the body of Christ is. 
Yeah. <laughs> Mark eleven twenty four. Let's go there. Actually, let's go to Mark eleven twenty three. This is the this is a scripture that makes a lot of things come clear to us. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, shall, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So there's a, there's a scripture that talks about, man, the authority and power we have in prayer is remarkable. It is awesome. But... Um, you have to believe those things which you say. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. Um, in order for you to believe, you cannot pray this prayer without believing in the, and knowing the will of God. You have to know the will of God, and then you have to believe the will of God, and then you pray this prayer, and you believe you receive, and until you know, until you know God's will, His word, you cannot pray this prayer. This prayer is based on that you know His will, you know what He, you know uh, that you're praying right because it's impossible. The reason we know this is not because it specifically says that, but what it says is that you have to have faith and it's impossible to have faith if you don't know it's the will of God. Faith is comes from the Word of God. Faith comes from knowing the will of God. So when you have God's Word on something, you have faith. Therefore, you can pray this prayer and not doubt in your heart because you have faith. So it goes back to finding the will of God. Turn over to John 3, 27. Now, a lot of people try to pray a lot of prayers that just aren't God's will. And so uh, I, I want us in this church, I want, you know, one thing we prayed before, in, and I didn't even see this coming, but God just put it, it just came up in pre-service prayer that God would fine-tune us. That he would show us the things that other Christians don't know. And he would show us the mysteries. And that he would fine-tune us. And uh, that is, um, that's, a, that's our heart's desire. We're willing to learn here. We're not only willing to learn, we're willing to change. And we've had to change what we thought we knew a lot of times. Because what we thought we knew wasn't right. And, you know, that's not putting any condemnation on anybody because we're all growing. And, you know, I like what Charles Capps says that the, it's like those blinds that open this way, vertical blinds, and that God just keeps them opening them further. And we just keep getting more light, more light, more light as the, the light's getting brighter. We see more clearly from the Word of God. We see things we've not seen before from the Word of God. John three twenty seven, John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. You need to mark that in your Bible because it's a very important verse. Because you cannot go around uh, believing you receive things that God hasn't promised you uh, either by, uh, by his word, specifically like healing, or by his word in the sense of the Holy Spirit's led you there and it's confirmed by his word. The Holy Spirit's not going to lead you to pray for something that it's against the word of God. 
and the Holy, but the Holy Spirit, for you to get to pray the prayer of faith and for your prayer to be answered, you're going to have to know from the Spirit of God what the will of God is. Now, sometimes we don't know the will of God. That does not mean we cannot pray. It just means we're not ready to pray this prayer. We can pray the prayer of one prayer you can pray is, Father, I do not know your will in this situation. So I say, Father, I pray the prayer of dedication or commitment. I say, not my will, but your will be done. I submit myself. And you have to get where you don't have a dog in the fight. Where you're, If you're really submitted to his will, you don't care which way it goes. You know, not my will, but your will be done. That's hard to do. Get your soul out of the fight. You know, you can go down to the new car lot and take a smell. And first thing you know, you'll think the Holy Ghost is leading you to get a new car. You'll be pretty sure of it. Actually, I've proved that out and done that. And it, it, it wasn't always the best thing. Hallelujah. I, everything I say here, I've usually proved out and, you know... <laughs> either for the positive or the negative um so the prayer of faith is such an important prayer because it's the prayer that it's a prayer that changes things we pray we believe we receive it we have it we know we have it in our heart now a lot of times we've thought well i don't know if we were taught this or we thought it or we just assumed it okay that's it don't ever pray again You've prayed the prayer of faith, don't ever pray again. But, for instance, where it's a, a home is concerned. Let's say you don't have a house. And we know the Bible promises us that God will give us a house, a home, a place to live. And so I pray and I believe I receive. That doesn't take long when I know that the Word says that's true. So I pray, I believe I receive. And I thank God I've received it. I have it. Now there's the praying out the parts, the, the path to get there. There's a path to get there. Father, I just ask you to lead me. Like us, when we moved from uh, Seminole to Birmingham, we had no clue what a, we didn't know what kind of town Birmingham was. We had no clue what part of town to buy a house in. Boy, we had to pray, we had to pray a pathway. We had to, we had to trust God every step of the way and be led of the Spirit and, you know, what are you even looking for? You don't know what you're looking for. And it helps if you pray and you go to God and you continue to pray. And Lord, I know I have a home. Now show me what I need to know. Sometimes God will give you a hint. He'll give you something that will narrow the field. When we were going to move from Trustville to Tuscaloosa, um, the Lord, one of the things he told me is he wanted Eric to go to Hillcrest High School. Back then, there's only three high schools in Tuscaloosa County, County High and Central. Uh, so that's the one where God wanted him. And looking back, I thought, well, you know, that was smart. That was the best one for him. Well, I guess there was four. There was Northside. I forgot about that. Uh, my other was Holt. I'm sorry. Forget. There's, but let me just say it this way. There's no Bryant and there was no Northside. Okay. Okay. So there was Holt. There was whatever. There may have been some more. <laughs> Well, let's just say, I probably wouldn't have considered Holt. I probably wouldn't have. Brookwood. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Lord. <laughs> we came from a one-horse town, folks. There was one high school. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, he said he wanted him in Hillcrest. So then before we had the go-ahead, we knew we were moving. But before and Pastor Webb had given us the go-ahead, 
because we submitted to him, ain't it? And uh, you can always submit to people, and God will still get you where he wants you to be. And so he, uh, we went, and uh, especially to those that are in authority over you. And so we we went, we had to, before we could even look for a house, we had to go to Texas. On the way to Texas, God said, I want to give you a new house. That narrowed the field. So we're getting this, by prayer, we're getting this field narrow. Field narrowed. And uh, hallelujah. So uh, we can, so we still pray out the plans of how to get there, the path of how to get there. We know we're going to have a house. We know, hallelujah, but we still, and that's something a lot of times people haven't known, is to go ahead and pray out the plan and the path. Matthew, let's go over to 2636. Some of you need to continue to pray out the plan about some of the things you have believed God for. Matthew 26, 36, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. And he cometh unto the disciples and found them sleeping and so forth. But Jesus prayed this prayer of consecration and dedication. And he prayed the will of God for his life. He dedicated himself to doing it. You know, I don't know why we don't trust God that he always has the best in mind. And so if God tells us no to one thing, if he says, no, that's not my will, but here, this is my will. Hallelujah. It'll be good. It'll be blessed. It'll, don't fight the will of God. Submit to the will of God. And once you know the will of God, don't question it. Once you've heard God speak, maybe, you know, maybe something really big, God would confirm it by two or three witnesses. I think he would if it was something really big. Uh, but once you know the will of God, don't go back and second guess yourself, especially after you've already done it. You've done it. You've acted on it. And then, oh, did we miss it? Oh, did we... Uh, where did we miss it? You know, when uh, we moved to Coker, we moved the church to Coker. And uh, so then, what, 11 years later, was it 11? The Lord spoke to us through a series of events, confirmed to us. We prayed it through for several months, and we knew we were moving back into Tuscaloosa. Okay. So the Lord said to us right away, because he knew exactly what we were going to do. He said, he said, concerning, I'm, I'm thinking it, he knows I'm saying, well, we did, we miss you moving to Coker. He said, don't even go there. Don't even go there. He said, number, and, and the reason he said don't go there is, number one, it didn't matter. It doesn't matter if it was the will of God. It didn't matter anymore. Hallelujah. If it wasn't, God got us out of it. He got us back over here. Uh, but secondly, I said, Lord, well, where were we supposed to add on the the second time, the first time? Were we supposed to do the remodel the third time where we ripped out the balcony and all that? But one of the things that pastors pointed out is both churches that have rented from us in this transition would never have rented that building had we not done those two things. They would not have been able to be contained in it if they, if we had not done those two things. So, you know, hallelujah. All things work together for good. Those that love God are called according to his purpose. And we're not going to miss it so far that God can't 
straighten it out for us. As long as our heart is right, as long as we're not willfully going out there and insisting on our own way. You know, people do that when it comes to marrying people. You know, they they get people warn them, God warns them, but they insist on their own way. They are willful about it. Then I'm not saying God won't deliver them, but it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. It's going to be messy. You're going to go through heart pain. God wants to deliver. He never wants to set us up to be hurt, wounded, heart pain, uh, all that kind of stuff. I even believe, and y'all may not believe it, but I believe if you listen to God, now y'all could get mad at me on this one and just forgive me and just say, well, but I believe if you truly listen to God, you don't get two people that got some sort of disease that when you put it together, it turns out and you have problems with your children having all sorts of problems that are hereditary and caused by her, his genes and the, all that kind of stuff. Now, I'm not talking about that your children never get sick. I'm not talking about diseases that come from the devil. But you know what I'm talking about. There are, you don't know what I'm talking about. Some of you don't. But <laughs> there are things that, that only show up if you marry a person that's got this blood type or that blood type and all that kind of stuff. I believe if we're listening to God, we can probably avoid all those kind of things too. But most women are just looking for somebody to marry. It's the truth. It's put in us. I mean, from the t we are playing bride when we're little. And, and we, not only us, but our mothers are looking too. I don't know. I guess they just want to get rid of us. I don't but our mothers are looking for that man. Pastor says that a lot of the reason he married me is because my mama always had a dessert when he was coming over. He was dessert deprived. Hallelujah. My daddy wasn't looking for anybody. He was trying to run him off. He called him, his nicknames for him were Romeo, Long Gut, uh, I mean, yeah, it was something. It was something. You didn't want to, nobody, nobody in my class wanted to date me. They'd had him for a teacher. And they were like, you had to be older than me or, or something. But the ones that were right in my class, it was like, oh, Mr. Newcomb. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> One time I had a slumber party. He saw the boys sneak in. Up on the roof, we were having a sleeping on outside us, the girls, in May when school was out, and they got up on the roof of our garage, which was separate from the house. He saw him. He's sitting there watching TV. He saw him. He just came out real quiet, and he turned on the hose, and he just hosed them all down there. Oh, it was a pleasure. He was a pleasure back then. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Uh, Mark 11, uh, 24. We are back over in Mark. We're just going to go just a little longer. I I'd get further faster if I didn't have to tell you. But, hallelujah. <laughs> There's this one guy that's in my class. And he, Daddy says he tells him to this day when he sees him, said, I might have made something of myself if I hadn't had you for a teacher. <laughs> I mean, it's a joke between them. But... <laughs> <laughs> I laughed when I heard it. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. Whatsoever things you desire. Sometimes that's not what you necessarily desire for others. 
the age-old question is, can we pray the prayer of faith for others? Now, I'm going to tell you something that's probably going to surprise you tonight. This will be my one probably surprise. I believe, because of what the Word says, contrary to what I've been taught, what we've all been taught, that you can always pray the prayer of faith where it comes to healing for somebody else. That it doesn't matter how old they are, how mature they are, I believe you can always pray the prayer of faith. And that's based on James chapter 5. He doesn't say, is there any baby Christians among you? Let them call for the elder of the church. He said, is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with the oil, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. I don't believe that people aren't healed because God says, well, you can't pray the prayer of faith over her, Sister Bessie. You can't pray the prayer of faith over him. He ought to be mature enough to pray for himself. I believe. I don't believe that. I used to believe it because I was taught that, but I don't believe it anymore. The Word doesn't line up with that. I believe you can pray the prayer of faith for anybody that's sick. I don't believe you pray James chapter 5 for the lost, the sinner. You have to go to Mark chapter 16. And pray there and lay hands on the sick in Mark 16 for the sinner, for those that aren't born again. But for the, the saint, you, have, you can pray the prayer of faith for them. And the prayer offered in faith will save the sick. Now, I think the reason sometimes people don't get healed is more over in James chapter 5. Also, is I think a lot of people don't do the next part of the verse. A lot of people come for prayer. Hallelujah. And they have not repented of their sins. And the Bible says there, uh, if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. That's based on verse 16, though, where it says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Listen, when you come to God for healing, you better start repenting and forgiving. Forgiving, but repenting. And, uh, you know, Whatever it is that you hadn't done, should have done, would have done, could have done, didn't do, hardness of heart, I don't care what it is. Or if it's blatant out there, just old, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say, but just whatever kind of sin and let the Holy Ghost show you. And if you're willing to confess those things and repent of those things, and sometimes that means openly. That's one thing to repent to God, but it's another thing. Listen, you're serious about it. You don't care. You'll repent. Hallelujah. And, the, and then, if he have committed sins, they, it's guaranteed you're going to get forgiven. And it's guaranteed you're going to get healed. But I believe that's the reason why we see people not get healed. is because they want healing, but they don't want to come to God and say, you know, and get it right. And let's just say that, and get it right. Now, it never says that concerning the sinner over in Mark chapter 16. I don't think you have to get the sinner to repent. Of their sins. I do think that, you know, hallelujah. Did you have to get Marcus to repent of his sins first? No, you didn't. That wasn't unnecessary. It's going to come. He's going to repent, but it's not, you know, that wasn't in that. So I think that might have been a surprise to you, but maybe not. 
and sew up. You know, sometimes on certain situations, we can't pray the prayer of faith, but it's not concerning healing. But in other things, we may not be able to pray the prayer of faith for some people. And that's why we have the Holy Ghost, because the Holy Ghost will show us what we can pray. And there's one thing for sure. Somebody comes up and asks you to pray the prayer of faith for them. You have to be able to agree with what they're asking for. If you're not in agreement with what they're asking for, you cannot pray the prayer of faith with them. And I can just tell you, don't come ask me to pray the prayer of faith that God will give you a job in New York. Because I won't be able to pray the prayer of faith because I am not going. I can't get in agreement with that and I won't get in agreement with that. It's just God's will for you to stay right here. Hallelujah. As far as I'm concerned, not willing to consider any other options. So, hallelujah. That's just the truth. I'm not going to pray. And I've seen too many people miss God. There's too many people going over, you know, hallelujah, you go up there, you'll get messed up. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and that's the truth. I was telling Kenny about all the college students that were such awesome church members that moved off. As far as I'm concerned, it wasn't the will of God for any of them to leave Tuscaloosa. Why would you want to live anywhere else but Tuscaloosa? Hallelujah. I can't imagine it. Hallelujah. And if that, I told him we'd have an orchestra up here, wouldn't we? If all those good, and oh man, I tell you, some of the best church members we ever had was University of Alabama students. And I tell you, I just love them all to this day. I have a connection to them. Hallelujah. Listen, if you come up and ask for the prayer of agreement to move to New York or the prayer of faith, and I do it, it's a big signal. <laughs> If I pray the prayer of faith with you for that, you'll know. <laughs> you'll know for sure. <laughs> it's the truth. Uh, uh, praise God. We got to close. Uh, so uh, we'll probably cover some more of this later, but I think we got some of the things that I actually had a couple more pages, but hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Well, does anybody want me to pray a prayer of faith? for them tonight that's not that's not i'm moving i everybody that's ever come to me and said maybe there's two exceptions or something that god's leading me to go to another church it's like you're wrong you didn't hear holy ghost hallelujah and most of the time it proves out but there might have been a couple of times what next i does anybody need prayer for anything see now anybody want prayer for healing we'll do a prayer cloth for lord beth Hallelujah. Anybody else? We're going to wind.